The DSO Connect 2021 retreat is right around the corner and registration is now open. We are heading to Cape Coral, Florida, July 23rd through 25th, and we also have a virtual only option. Spend a weekend with other like-minded, creative, goal-oriented studio owners. The weekend includes two days chocked full of amazing seminars by the DSO Connect team, including yours truly, and one day of implementation sessions where we sit down together and get stuff done. So by the time you leave, you've already got things checked off your list. You'll leave feeling rejuvenated and have an actionable plan to build your studio into a thriving business so you can live your best life. This is an intimate weekend where we all stay in the same fabulous waterfront estate together, so space is extremely limited. Included in your stay is all the amazing content, the implementation day, swag bag, seminar workbook, food and drink for the weekend, including adult beverages, your lodging at the estate, and the priceless connections that you'll make with all the other studio owners. Plus, you'll get a one-on-one follow-up coaching call with one of the DSO Connect team after the retreat to help you stay on track. For more information and to reserve your spot, head on over to dancestudioownerconnect.com and click on the Retreat 2021 tab. Don't wait too long because space is seriously limited and these spots will go fast. So again, dancestudioownerconnect.com and click on the Retreat 2021 tab. We can't wait to spend the weekend with you. Welcome to the DSO Connect podcast. I'm Casey. I'm Robin. How's it going, Robin? What's what's happening with you? Oh, you know, recovering from a little holiday weekend. Yay. Um, it's good. It was nice. The weather was beautiful here, and mm. it was nice to sit on the deck and have some family over and enjoy the grandbaby and have some nice conversations and and all that. It was good. Good. That sounds lovely. Did you guys do any fireworks or anything? We did not. Um, last year, my kids uh, went and bought the fireworks, and we then they let them off across the street. We have kind of an open, grassy area across the street, and uh, it made me very nervous, mm. and they may have sensed that and didn't do it this time, but... <laughs> We were kind of, my husband and I were braced for it. We were like, you know, they might be doing those fireworks. And once your kids are young adults, there's not a lot you can, I mean, I guess we could totally throw down and be like, it's our property, no fireworks on 4th of July. But I always was raised like, firecrackers are dangerous and you'll blow your hand off. And like, so I was, that stuck with me. And at growing up, we never let our kids do that or we never did that with our kids. Right. And then now that they're all over 18, they show up with this stuff and they're like, we're adults now. And I'm like, oh my God, we're going to the hospital. They've been drinking beer and now they have fireworks. And ah! <laughs> have you seen the meme? I think I posted it last year. That's like, um, Happy July 3rd, the last day that several people in America will have 10 fingers. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> That's good. I saw a meme this morning that said, um, please keep your children and dogs quiet this morning. A lot of us were up late last night letting off fireworks. 
Everybody in the community groups is always like, um, please stop it with the fireworks. Our, our animals can't take it. Our right. kids are scared. And it's always a back and forth with people. Yes. In my neighborhood groups, it's always, was that fireworks or gunshots? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we going to talk about? Um, I think today we're going to talk about us. We're going to oh. talk about you and me. We've had um, a couple of inquiries in the group and in our email, just asking for more information about our relationship between us and um you know, because we often kind of reference back to, our, you know, the old days in Baltimore or mm-hmm. something like that. So I think some folks uh, were interested to hear about how, you know, how we know each other and just kind of take it back to the beginning. So let's Well, do if it. you want to go to the beginning, this is my version of the beginning. All right, let's hear it. I was in my early 20s and I was doing that dance teacher thing where you go to a different place and teach every night of the week and you know like I was teaching at the Baltimore School for the Arts a little bit and I was teaching at such and such a studio a little bit and I started um, booking like outreach programs so I would I would reach out to preschools and set up um, and we called it art reach we still call it art reach um, where I would come in and and teach you know the three-year-olds for a half an hour then the four-year-olds for a little bit and then you know you do that at a couple different schools you know how it goes so anyway I set one of these up at the preschool where Casey was attending as a (laughs) three-year-old so that gives tells you how different we are in age because I was early 20s and you were in preschool right yeah so that's our age gap for you. Yeah. Um, I have a notoriously bad long-term memory, but I do have a vague memory of just, you know, this fabulous, beautiful young lady coming in with a suitcase full of tap shoes and it just being like the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> I was going through a phase in my life where I dressed very retro, I think. And so I probably, well, I was really in dance attire, but maybe when I arrived, I think I was driving a 1966 Corvair. Oh, wow. Um, and I pro- and the I remember the suitcase and it was like a vintage suitcase with like a, a blue, with white polka dot liner inside so i'm sure that when we opened the tap shoes it was kind of a big um presentation or something and um i remember it's it's weird to hang out with preschoolers before you have kids you know like as a teacher (laughs) it it was it was fun and it was interesting and i didn't know the ins and outs of of preschoolers from a parental perspective but Mm -hmm. i definitely enjoyed spending time with you guys and you know just so full of wonder and um i was like either still taking some college dance classes or fresh done with that and um i was really interested in doing like improvisational stuff with you guys so we did like a lot of creative movement stuff but i remember trying to do like some college level stuff with you (laughs) (laughs) and in retrospect i'm like yeah that wasn't not that it was inappropriate, like in a in a weird way. It was just like I I guess I didn't really understand developmental 
Mm. preschool dance education at that time and I was trying and I and actually now as an adult person who hires young people I sometimes see that where college kids don't understand who are studying dance performance don't always understand that that stuff doesn't translate directly to students especially preschoolers right but, um, anyway we had fun yeah I, th- I think we had fun and then I started was starting my own studio around that time and I I, I guess I had your addresses. I must have had some sort of a registration form that you guys had to, your parents had to fill out in order to participate in this preschool program. And I must have done a mailer or something to all mm-hmm. your families and, and said, hey, we're going to be offering classes on Saturdays, you know, in Baltimore City and Mount Vernon at the Morton Street, you know, at our Morton Street location. And um, your mom was one of the moms that was intrigued by that. And she brought you to our class and I have one studio and I was I was teaching some of the classes in the morning and then we also had um, a gentleman from Alvin Ailey who um, was just retiring from Alvin Ailey who was coming back to town I knew him through the Baltimore School for the Arts and he was a Horton teacher and he was loud and he would clap and shout and he was a little intimidating to you and to young people you must have been like five or six at this time yeah and I was offering a package of ballet tap and jazz and I taught the ballet and I think Sarah Brown might have taught the tap Uh uh-huh and jazz was this gentleman from Alvin Ailey and actually he the jazz was second and um, I was offering it as a package and you tried it once and then I got a call from your mom saying Casey would like to opt out of jazz and I was like <laughs> well you know we don't really do that and, and she said wh- and I said why and she said that you were a little intimidated by the instructor and I because I was starting my business of course I was like okay and so it was a one-room studio. There was nowhere for you to go, and your mom was dropping you off for three hours. So you would have a lunch, and you would sit on the floor and watch the jazz class and eat your little sandwich. And it wasn't. It does. I don't think it was long before you said, "Okay, I think I can do this." And I think it was good because you saw him and kind of got used to him, and maybe yeah. saw some moments where he was more loving or more jovial or something and realized that he wasn't just a big old ogre (laughs) it's so funny because i have no memory of that at all really (laughs) none no recollection of that whole scenario do you have memories of that time in that studio yeah definitely definitely but not until i think i was older Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have very specific memories of like our ballet vocabulary quizzes that you would give us. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And I remember thinking like, this is real. This is a real <laughs> thing. I am getting a real education because there's a piece of paper involved. <laughs> I think I was always pretty good at trying to make ballet seem really important. Yeah, I think so. And... um that was probably my one of my strengths but um yeah even now i just i think that i believe it mm-hmm. and i probably miss para disseminated that to me and i kind of passed it on to my kids it's like no ballet is the most important and mm-hmm. it's and i remember telling my students ballet is the hardest thing you will ever do in your life and then once i had a child i would say Ballet is the second hardest thing (laughs) you will ever do in your life. And now I say, 
Ballet is the hardest thing you'll ever do in your life. And if you think it's easy, you're doing it wrong. Because mm, yeah. I, I, don't you hate it when those students sit down with their parents in a meeting with you and they're like, yeah, I just think that my class is a little easy. It's just like, too easy for me. I'm like, well, you're not working hard enough. You, you, yeah, and you clearly don't understand what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> right. Or I'm not learning anything anymore. Hmm. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Don't love that. No. Yeah. So we, um, so you have very few memories of that studio that we were in, the little one-room studio. Do I mean, you I definitely have some, like, oh, I remember Sleeping Beauty rehearsals in there. I remember um, when we did... I did Friend Like Me from Aladdin for my ballet dance. So we had like a genie outfit with like sheer bell sleeves and, and pants and everything. And that was like really fabulous. I love that costume. I think like our belly buttons were showing just like a little sliver of tiny uh-huh. belly. And I was uh-huh. like, oh my goodness, I am, an, I am of age. <laughs> you were probably like eight. I like eight or something, but I felt very mature. I felt like it was very special that we had those fancy costumes. Do you remember having parties in that room? Yeah. Like we would have like, I think we had like a harvest party and my mom and my stepdad brought like bales of hay and pumpkins and we did square dancing and. Oh my gosh. And then we would have sleepover parties. You guys would stay up all night and put on costumes and play sleepover games and. Man, those were the days when I could hang at a dance studio sleepover party. No more. (laughs) Oof, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So then we ended up moving. We we outgrew that studio. And we moved to Hamden. And were you in the group that stayed in the studio for like three or four weeks to um, uh, create the new space or were you not one? No, I don't think so. I, I definitely helped paint the student lounge, but I think that at one point, but I think that was like the second time we painted it. We had like a refresh paint party. Yeah. So, so our relationship started as student teacher and then of course, student studio owner. Mm-hmm. And then, well, you danced with me a long time. Like, you danced with me all the way through high school. Right. But at some point, I left Baltimore. But before that happened, my dad lost his job. He got laid off. And my parents were like, "Um, you're not, we're not going to be able to afford dance anymore. Sorry, kiddo. And I was like, "Uh, the hell you weren't. And (gasps) so I remember it was a big deal because I went to you personally and said, is there any way, is there anything that I can do around the studio to help cover my tuition? And so you hired me as like an assistant teacher for the little ones. And that was like my very first taste of teaching. And I remember being like, so in love with it. Wow. I just loved it so much. And I also like did some amount of office work, like maybe just filing. And I reorganized the rental tap shoe system. And I remember feeling like that was such a big deal. (laughs) You and those tap shoes, man. So that's interesting because this, I think that's an example of one of the many cases that we, situations where we as studio owners, maybe we don't realize how important um, dance is to our students because we have 
a bunch of them and we're not, mm-hmm. you know, completely privy to all of their personal feelings. But in this case, I could have said or any studio owner could have been like, yeah, it's not really going to work. I'm sorry you can't afford our tuition. Bye. Right. But just by working with you, I mean, it was able to, I mean, look what, what you are doing now. Like, what if you would have, what if you, you would have said, oh, well, I guess I can't dance anymore. And then you started with a different activity. Your whole trajectory could have been different. Right. Yeah. My life would be not what it is now. That's for damn sure. That's one of those situations where it's like, wow, I'm so glad that I, you know, was wor- willing to work with you guys, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I remember taking it very seriously because because I knew it was a responsibility and I knew that like, and I think you also instilled in us, there were a few of us that assisted in our, in like the little kids classes and you made it very clear that we were role models, mm. not just to our own students, but also to our peers because we have been you know, selected to represent the studio in a certain way. And so we have to set the standard and set the tone for not just our students, but also our classmates. Mm, I'm glad you picked up on that. (laughs) And I was so young that when I think back to that, it's it's reassuring when you say things like that. So I'm like, well, at least I did it right. Um, (laughs) Because you look back at your, I mean, you started your studio when you were pretty young too. Mm And I bet a lot of studio owners who are in that situation can look back and be like, oh, my God, in that situation, I had no idea what I was doing or I handled that so wrong. And we, you know, we do that. I mean, even if you're not a studio owner in your 20s, I bet you handled some situations wrong. Oh, yeah. God, I can think of plenty off the top of my head right now. (laughs) Right. Right. So that's so who so you weren't the you weren't my first student assistant. No, I don't think so. Others, and then you got to help maybe during the recital, and Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and that gives you a little taste of the teacher bug, and that may be where you decided that you might want to pursue teaching. So we're in our studio in Hamden, and you are part of the company, and you are on the teaching assistant program, and then didn't you eventually teach start teaching your own classes? I did, yeah. Mm And then I decide I was uh, I'd had three children and I decided that I wanted I to maybe stop being a studio owner and just be like a PTO mom. But um, I, I we moved to Pennsylvania. So the, the, my commute was about 40 minutes and it was like the difference between the city and the country. And um, you guys would come like remember mm-hmm. Jasmine would um, we would have ensemble rehearsals on Friday nights and. Ja- I've I've probably told this story before, but Jasmine was your age, right? Ish. I think she's like a year or two younger than me, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But she was one of my absolute favorites that had been with us from the beginning. And mm-hmm. you guys were like pre-teens or, you know, early high school or something. And at the top of ensemble rehearsal, five o'clock on Friday night, she would like saunter up to me and do her little... I'm so cute and I you can't resist me kind of a thing and she'd say Miss Robin is it okay if um, we come home with you tonight and have a sleepover and I would always say of course you can Jasmine but the thing is we would have um, rehearsals from five to nine 
Mm-hmm. By the time we closed up the studio and got to my house in Pennsylvania, it would be like 11. Yep. I would want you guys in bed by like midnight because we have to be back at the studio at 8.30 in the morning to open up. But for some reason, it was really important to her that this happened. And I would say, sometimes I'd say, well, I'm okay with it, but you do you, do you have a bag or do your friends have stuff? And it was like, we'd all be like, yep. <laughs> Like she had- sneaky sneaky she already put the memo out everybody packed an overnight bag we're good to go yeah we're going to miss robbins on friday did you ask her yet no but you know she'll say yes to us <laughs> that's and, exactly how it went and i had little babies mm-hmm. so at that time i had little babies and you guys would they were your baby dolls yep in fact one of my favorite pictures that i had well so i remember you know, we bring you to my house, you would play with my kids, give them a bath, read to them. And it was nice for me because it was like, I would go sit with my husband. I'd be like, oh my God, these kids are here and I get, you know, I don't have to do bath time tonight or whatever. <laughs> and um, and we loved it. Like, that. We, I mean, I have such fond memories of like giving your kids baths and reading them good night stories. Like, that was just such a fun time. I have a picture of you and Alex and he went through a phase where he had he was always about like the costumes and the whole outfit and he would put together some crazy ensembles but he had a hat that was like crocheted by somebody that must have used like all their leftover yarn of random colors that didn't match like black and red and green and he had he called it his sleep hat and had a pom-pom on the top and he he would have his like his boots on and his pajamas and he would have a cape on or whatever and you (laughs) loved alex like i feel like you really gravitated to alex because he was kind of a an interesting bird and i have a picture of you snuggled in his bed with him and he's wearing his sleep hats and mittens <laughs> and you're reading him a story and i wanted to get a picture and i got it through the crack in the door yes. and it's really blurry and i'm the only one that remembers that exact moment where even though it's a blurry picture it's a great picture um so anyway we did that back and forth a little bit and then i decided that i didn't want to um maybe be a studio owner anymore and that was really a big big turning point in my life and and I was starting to resign myself to the idea that I might just be a PTO mom and I remember going to a PTO meeting walking in and nobody noticed that I walked in (laughs) like nobody cared like nobody knew me and it like I had something to say and like nobody acknowledged me or anything and I felt like don't you know who I am like I am Miss Robin like and I I felt like a big nobody and that when I came home that night I was like yeah I don't I don't think so <laughs> like I I like to be in in charge I don't like to be that quiet person in the back so um and I found myself just um calling realtors every time I saw a for lease sign or pulling over and like peeking in windows of like places for rent and I and I started thinking maybe I would instead of just not having a studio at all I would have a studio in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. somewhere I don't know the whole trajectory of events but Miss Stacy who is one of our beloved teachers in Baltimore ended up buying the studio for me and I remember the time I told you guys oh god that was like traumatic <laughs> what was your recollection of that so I remember you calling a meeting of all of the ensemble dancers 
And was it our parents too? I think so. And everyone was sitting on the floor in studio one. Yeah. And I think, yeah. So it was students and parents. And I remember you telling us that, you know, you had moved to Penn. You had this, you had already been moved for a while mm-hmm. at this point. And I think some of the parents had had an inkling of what was going on just because they knew that with three young kids and a commute that long, it was not sustainable for you. So I think the parents were like, they knew it was coming, but we were, the kids were not, they did not know it was coming. And you told us that you were going to, you know, sell the studio to Stacy. And of course we all loved miss stacy like she is just the best but i i guess it was megan barkley who said you're you're abandoning us is that she, what she said, said she said you sold you us, sold us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and she was always like the sassy one like she was way smarter than her age and she was just that one who just like she could see right through all the fluff and she was like, you sold us. Oh, my gosh. And I was I, then I was like, this isn't going the way I had hoped. <laughs> um, so anyway, that was painful. But you guys loved Stacy. Mm-hmm. And she did a great job. She with, did. She did an awesome job. Yeah. And we tra- we kind of. Um, so I, I don't remember the exact way it all played out in step by step but I was starting my studio in Pennsylvania at the same time and we did something that was I think really smart um I it's hard to go into a new town and be a new studio owner and have not like nothing to show for it like I'm starting at zero students but I had 12 years experience Mm -hmm. and I had created you know some nice dancers so you guys were basically my portfolio and I decide I came up with this idea that you know you guys love to be in Pennsylvania and love to be in my pool and hang out with my kids and you know be in the grass because a lot of you guys you know lived in the city and um, it's nice to spend the summer in a place that's not you know asphalt all all over the place so um, I decided to do a 10 week summer session or I don't know how many weeks it was but it seemed like it was a big thing and I reached out to maybe 10 it was 10 dancers or something like that so i reached out to your parents and i said hey i feel like this could be a win-win situation can your daughter come and spend the summer with me in pennsylvania i'm gonna do a summer camp to kick off my new studio and so now i'm gonna have a base of 10 really good dancers so when these new kids come into my studio to check out the new studio in town they're gonna already see the standard like the bar is set they're going to be in a class with dancers who are dancing at a a proficient level you guys know the etiquette you knew how i wanted things to be run and so you guys are basically ringers Mm -hmm. and it but it was you guys were really helping me out but also you got the whole summer experience i fed you you know we did you know Um, I think you guys went home for the weekends and some of you couldn't do the whole summer, but it was enough and you guys got free training. So I thought it was a brilliant idea. And then you guys in September went back to Miss Stacy's studio and then I had you guys basically trained that first new crop of dancers in terms of the etiquette that was expected and they thought you guys were like celebrities and we but we did our holiday celebration together and we would stacy and i planned it so that um you know you worked on your material we worked on our material but then we shared the theater um 
And, so and didn't we do some dances together too? Yes. Yes. Like, um, was that the first year we did marshmallows? Maybe. I don't yeah. know. I think so. I think that was the first marshmallow year. It's a marshmallow world in the winter. And Maybe. it was like, a, I remember it being like a big tap number and character taps. And we had like white fringe costumes mm-hmm. with a little bit of sequins and maybe we still do that do you still do it it's our finale in our holiday show and is it really i call it the nutcracker effect because we don't do a nutcracker every year but there's something about nutcracker that's super important for dancers because it's like oh i'm an angel but next year i want to be a party child and you just it's the same production but the students go through the ranks and that's mm-hmm. kind of like our finale it's like you start off as a little snow kid and you but you really want to be a marshmallow um that's the end goal right right um, but yeah, you guys were celebrities and my girls up here would always, you know, be like, oh, the Baltimore girls are coming or we're rehearsing <laughs> with the Baltimore girls. And, you know, to this day, you know, they, st- some of them who are grown adults now, they still remember those interactions and yeah. Yeah. So that was an, a really neat way to transition the studio. And then, and you were part of SYB, when, mm-hmm. which was what our subsequent youth ballet that we started up here and you only had to come up on Saturdays. So I think for that whole first year, you came up on Saturdays. Yep. And you did some student teaching for me up here and mm-hmm. then also stayed for ballet rehearsal. And yeah. that was when you were an older high school student. So I think that you, um, it became a struggle toward the end of the year for you to keep up with all the things you had going on in your life. So I think that only worked for one year. Yeah, but still, so. it was it was great for you because you got to be in a ballet company, which wasn't offered in Baltimore, but right. also um, you were helping me. And I don't think I even charged you for it. I think it was like a scholarship situation because you were helping me. Yeah, I don't remember exactly, yeah. but that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. So then what? So then I left for college and you had the... Pennsylvania studio and Stacy had the Baltimore studio. And at some point I came to you and said, Hey, uh, I'm thinking about opening a dance studio with a business partner. What do you think about that? And you said, don't do it. <laughs> I said, don't do it with a partner. Yeah. I yeah. said, cause my dad always just told me partnerships are the worst because it, it's partnerships rarely work or maybe not rarely i don't know if he did a scientific study but he said <laughs> partnerships can go very wrong yeah you know what i mean yeah. and you were like no i really want to do this and this was around the time i was going to open i was opening upper co which was a, oh, yeah. a second, second location, location which was one of the things that didn't work out right um, but I was th- I was trying to convince you to come be like my manager of that studio. Right. I was like, and why don't you do this instead? And I was very close to accepting that. And then I was like thinking about moving back up to Baltimore and be closer to my family and be your manager of the Upper Coast uh, location. And then I realized that if I had done, if I had gone that route, I would have felt regret. Hmm. And I didn't want to have regrets. And so I went ahead and opened my studio with a business partner, but you were totally right because the partnership turned into a hot, hot mess and we had a very nasty business divorce, but, um, but, but it did that, launch you. It, it did launch la- me. Right. It launched me. It launched my studio. It enabled me to 
actually open my business with someone who, you know, kind of handled the the business side of things so I could focus on the operations side of things for the first two years. And then after he left, I took over everything else. But yeah, it was, um, yeah, it felt very strange to go against Miss Robin's advice. <laughs> but I would never say I told you so. Oh, <laughs> except you did. <laughs> Were we in the hot tub and was there red wine involved? (laughs) Sounds right. Sounds right. Yeah. But, you know, we uh, believe me, there are things that I've done that um, I I don't think that you made the wrong choice because I I think that you needed to do that to get to where you are now. And I understand that because when I started my business, I didn't have any capital you know mm-hmm. starting out and you I just kind of like scrimped and did it step by step and we didn't have things like we didn't have a nice new Marley you know like we mm-hmm. were poor <laughs> yeah. and um, that's how we did it and you were able to kind of walk into a beautiful space and had new Marley and you know you didn't have to have hand-me-down stuff and so you got there a little faster mm-hmm. that way it's just a different way of getting there yeah but exactly. maybe there were some more complications involved. There but, were some um, different complications involved, but but I still am grateful mm-hmm. to my former business partner because, you know, it, without him, like you said, it would have taken, I, I still believe that I would have opened my own studio, but it would have taken me a lot longer, I think, Yeah, without yeah. him. There's no sense, so. like, r- regretting that. I mean, oh, I, yeah, I don't no. think it's a regret. I think it's no. a... It's a, well, it happened and you may not enter into a partnership again moving forward. Except oh, the the six of us for DSO Connect, <laughs> which so is we, a little bit different because there's more totally of us. Different. Yeah. 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 But we, it was just so interesting to go from, you know, student teacher, student studio owner, employee, employer, mm-hmm. and then in the first few years of my of my studio opening you were definitely my mentor through a lot of things and i looked to you for a lot of advice and support and you know i kind of grew my studio from the example that i had growing up of emc and that's you know what i wanted to emulate was that whole experience um and then DSO Connect happened. Right. So you, and we've told this story before, but you've, um, you were a new, uh, not a new studio owner, but you were going through a fee- of uh, a kind of loneliness phase, which mm-hmm. we've all experienced where it's like, nobody gets me. I can't, my, my, my partner my, in life is not interested in hearing me go on and on about it on the daily my teachers are not the people to confide in about Mm it my the parents customers are not my friends you know it's it's like i need people i need people who get me and And i was i was very close to severe burnout and that's when i started dso connect to essentially just be a support group and an accountability group to help us you know, stay on task and stay, um, account, stay, hold each other accountable, yeah, hold each other accountable and to like celebrate the small successes because without that, it's so hard to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like a small success of like, Ooh, I registered two people today might mm-hmm. not seem like a big deal to other people, but to other studio owners, they're like, hell yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like so, this morning on our call, you know, one of us was lamenting that she lost a couple of her seniors and we get that. Mm-hmm. We feel that pain. 
And whereas if she called her best friend or even her mother, I mean, they probably would be sympathetic, but it's like, we know what that pain is. Right. We we know it firsthand. Exactly, exactly. So I started DSO Connect initially as just a, a casual support group. And then the year, and I think you were in the Facebook group, but you weren't super active in it. Mm-hmm. And then we planned the retreat, the in-person event, and I really wanted you to come but you had mixed feelings about it. You were like, not sure. Yeah, I just wasn't like 100% committed to it. And I I kept kind of not even thinking about it. I, I think I said, yeah, but I wasn't really thinking about it. And the next thing I know, I was like, oh my God, I'm committed to this. And you kept sending messages like, you need to send the deposit. And I'd be <laughs> like, okay, I'm sending the deposit. And then I wasn't a complete buy-in until I showed up. Yeah. And it was magic. It was like, I remember I was the last one to arrive mm-hmm. and you guys like were already drinking, but you came out into the driveway and like unloaded my car for me. And it was like, I knew everyone. I never met them in person, but it was like, I just remember being like, you're Amanda, you're Tammy, you're Holly. And um, it was like, like everything just clicked from that moment. And yeah, it was, it was, I'm glad I did it. So I feel like I was being led to do it. Like, even though my mind was like, eh, I'm not really into it. I just kept taking the next step. Like I sent you the deposit. I put it on my calendar. I said, (laughs) yes. You know what I mean? I drove. (laughs) Like I just kept doing it even though I didn't have complete buy-in. And I'm I'm really glad we did. I did. Yeah, me too. Because it's been really amazing. So the first year, it wasn't really us as a business. It was more like us as just a group of people getting together to talk about our studios and learn from each other. Mm-hmm. And then the next year we did the same thing, but a couple more people joined us. Mm-hmm. And then somehow we ended up at my house on my sofa. And I don't know if it was a whole year later or a couple weeks later. I don't know how we ended up, why we were at my house. Um, I think it was for your teacher training. Right. Today. Right. And I said, what do you think about the six of us turning this into a legitimate business thing? And I wasn't sure that you guys were going to be into it. I figured that, you know, maybe some of you would and some of you wouldn't and the whole thing would crash and burn. But everyone was like, yeah, and we can do this and we can do that. And it was snowballing. I was like, I I don't know. I was thinking of it as one kind of a small thing. And Holly was like, we could do a membership. And you were like, we could do a podcast. And and I was like, we could do books and blogs. (laughs) Yeah. And then it just kept going and going. And I think it was that second year. It was the second year of the retreat where we had other people come and we had like organized presentations instead Mm -hmm. of just like us talking and talking. And, um, and I think it was after that that we decided to make it a thing. Yeah. And I think we all kind of acknowledged that, like, this is not going to be a major money making venture. None of us are going to, like, retire from DSO Connect. No, it's, <laughs> it's really not, a labor of love. It is definitely a labor of love because we want to help people, but we want to do it in a professional and organized way mm-hmm. instead of sort of haphazardly throwing things together um 
And I think with the six of us, it works really well because, well, first of all, because there's six of us. So none of us are carrying the entire load. Mm-hmm. You know, we share all the responsibilities and all of the, you know, various tasks in our business. But also because all of our studios are so different mm-hmm. and we each have such different strengths, we're able to kind of offer such a versatile array of, of, you know, lessons and seminars and topics and all yeah. sorts of different stuff. Yeah. And there's some, somebody, if, if you're in our group, there's definitely, there's probably one of us that studio looks somewhat like yours. Yeah. So if you're a competition studio owner, you might really like to listen to Holly. Or if you are more of a concert style studio, you might like to listen to you or me or, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And we all have our our different opinions on different things, and um, but collectively we we have a lot of experience, and we've done it a lot of different ways. Yes, and there, and I think it's it's just good to to exemplify that there's not one right way to do things. Mm-hmm. Like we all have six, you know, oftentimes six different ways of doing things, and you know, with varying levels of of, of success as a result, but. Um, but I think that's what sets us apart from other studio dance studio coaching businesses where it's like, this is the prescribed way of doing this. Mm-hmm. And this is the only system that you should be utilizing for this part of your business. Mm-hmm. Whereas what we do is like show you all the different ways of doing something. Yeah. So in terms of our relationship as mm-hmm. colleagues now, yeah, um, I think I love the podcast. That's I, If you were to ask me, what's your favorite part? What's my favorite part of my DSO Connect job? It would definitely be the podcast, partly because I get to visit with you. Yeah, and, and it's fun to like be able to catch up every week, and and it's yeah. scheduled, and right. you know, it's it's like we know that we got to get this done. We can't just postpone it into oblivion. Um, <laughs> we got to get it done, and I'm I always feel good when we hang up the phone i'm like oh good i got to hang out with casey a little bit that that made me feel better Mm -hmm. um but additionally there have been lots of times where we've had to have each other's backs Mm. you know like one of us is having a bad day or one of us is just on the struggle bus a little bit and we pick up slack for each other all six of us yeah um but you and i sometimes more so i think because we work together on the podcast you know, I, I don't know. It's it's just we've we've helped we've had each other's backs. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what make that that's just one of the things that makes it work. Where mm-hmm. you know, one of us can reach out and say, "Hey, I'm really struggling," or "Hey, I'm running out of time to do this thing," or you know, whatever it may be, and everybody else jumps in to to pick yeah. up the slack, and it's just a really good working relationship um, among the six of us. Yeah, yeah. So I'm glad that our relationship has evolved into this new. Yeah, me too. New place. And it's interesting. I think it took me a long time to like actually feel like a peer with you. Really? Yeah. I think for a long time I was still like, oh my God, I'm in business with Miss Robin. <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm definitely like, yeah, it's just Robin. And we all have our own strengths. Like I cannot do an Excel spreadsheet like you can. In fact, when I see you next week, I need you to teach me how to add this other element to my one spreadsheet that I have. <laughs> um, Happy to help. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, th- there are things that y- even though I'm 20 some years your senior, 
um, there are lots of things that you teach me all the time. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I think we're both open to learning from one another and also helping one another. It's not like I feel superior because I'm older or more because I've done it longer. It's like, all right, your experience is different than mine. Yep. Um, And there's, and it's with all six of us. And even in the whole community, it's like, we don't coach people from a place of, you know, we got this down. It's, hey, this has worked for us. And then, you know, even within our community, we've, there are people in our community that are killing it in areas that we can learn from. Oh, God, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I like that we, we all kind of come from that place. But as you can see, our relationship has taken many, many evolutions. And what else is really interesting? Fun fact for our listeners. Um, your dad and I actually have had a little bit of a, uh, uh, this is going to sound weird, <laughs> a relationship, <laughs> not a romantic yes, relationship. my dad and Robin, no, <laughs> not like that at all. Not like that at all. But, um, he, this, one of the taboo topics between Casey and I, and I won't go into the details is we've decided not to talk about politics. Yeah, because it's just not. It's not something that we talk about because we are on completely opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. One time we sat on my sofa and I think we did really, really well. But this Mm -hmm. was like maybe this was years ago before the world became so polarized. Yeah. And we were able to really listen and, and respect and blah, 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 blah. And then things just got heated in the world. And I think that we just decided it was best not to go there, especially... Mm with wine (laughs) especially with wine and especially now that like the business is involved right but your dad whose politics more resembles yours Uh has been very um he's reached out to me on numerous occasions to say hey uh well prior to covid it was let's have lunch together and just talk because i want to understand another perspective and that was lovely we met in baltimore and we had lunch together and i really enjoyed that a lot and then last year in the heat of it all and i was in florida he said can we do some zoom calls and we did and i don't nobody changed anybody's mind no and i don't think that was his goal at all i think he was just interested because he knows you and respects you and you know, values your opinion. And so it's not just like you're an anonymous uh, red dot, Mm -hmm. you know, you are a person that he values. And so he wanted to kind of understand where you're coming from with your. And I don't know if he ended up understanding it. (laughs) And as I probably do, but it was not, I really appreciated like that Mm -hmm. human uh, the the fact that we had a lot of history. He was a parent at my studio when I was just starting my studio. He supported my studio for many, 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 many years. And then when he needed the work study opportunity, I was happy to do that. And, you know, he knows that we have a relationship and mm-hmm. your parents are wonderful, wonderful people. So I, I agree. <laughs> as you should. And um, so anyway, that was just an interesting little side note. And, and Casey would never be on those calls. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my god! Maybe if I was what? there with you and my dad talking about politics. Yeah, I no. might explode. Yeah, I might actually combust. <laughs> Maybe one day in a couple of years we can all, when things have simmered or whatever. I don't know. Whatever. Maybe. But we've got so much else to talk about. 
right? We don't need to go there. No. <clears throat> no. And we can still respect each other and have completely different opinions on a lot of things. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our story. That's the saga. <laughs> and it live and it's probably not over yet. It, I mean, no, it's not over for sure. Yeah. So we will continue to see how it unravels. I am so looking forward to reconnecting in person with you oh and God. the other ladies. Right? It's been, it's been, I guess, two years. Yeah, it's been a long ass time. Mm -hmm. And I am so looking forward to the retreat. I'm, yeah. I can't wait. I just can't wait. It's going to be good. It's going to so, be awesome. If anybody hasn't gotten their tickets yet, it's not too late. Yes. So we do still have, I think, two spots left for the in-person retreat, which is in Cape Coral, Florida, July 23rd through 25th. Um, and if you don't want to travel, we also have the virtual option. The deadline to enroll for the virtual option is July 14th. So um, don't wait too long. There's obviously not a limit on the number of people that we can do virtually, but we are cutting off registrations um, after the 14th of July. So get on it. Don't forget. Um, the virtual option is one seminar, one two-hour seminar on Friday, a full day of seminars on Saturday, um, I think two seminars on Sunday morning, followed by implementation sessions with the six of us. So you get to like actually sit down and get stuff done. That's um, a lot of content for it's a lot of content. It's only two ninety seven for the virtual option. So I mean, I might be biased, but I think that's a great deal. <laughs> it is a great deal. And the in-person one is a great deal as well because it includes the lodging, mm -hmm. it includes the food, it yep. includes all the content. And um, you can even bring your right-hand man. A lot of the content is going to be geared to, you know, because I've gone to uh, seminars in the past where you learn all this stuff and you're so excited to share it with your team. And then you get back and you've got to schedule an admin meeting with your right-hand man. And you have to regurgitate everything that you learned. And you can't possibly regurgitate it in a 45-minute meeting. Right. And they just don't quite get it mm -hmm. like you did. So why not bring your person and they will experience it right alongside you. you it's also like a bonding experience for you and your person. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because um, you're sharing a bed, but... <laughs> <laughs> I brought um, my, at the time, right-hand person into the 2019 retreat, and it was just so fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, she had a great time. She learned so much. She was so grateful for it, and it was just such a positive experience for us to do together. Yeah, I'm bringing so. my right-hand man. Um, well, one of them, one, my newest one, I'm bringing her to this event and I'm excited because I'm kind of considering it as a, you know, a, a training session for her new administrative duties. Mm -hmm. She's been a teacher for me. Gosh, just like you, like our relationship has evolved. She started off as my student and she was my teacher and now she's going to be my right hand man, one of them. And um, so she'll just get this. This is her kickoff. So um, oh, I that's think it's exciting. Yeah, so consider doing that if you're really looking for some inspiration to make this next mm -hmm. season um, amazing for you and your people. Yeah, because it can be. Mm -hmm. You just need to prepare for it in the right way. Absolutely. Or one of the right ways, which will provide a lot of different options for you at the retreat. <laughs> right. And it's going to be like a little vacation with your girlfriends, too. Right, there's a pool. 
and a pool party and there's yes. and there's plenty of time built into the schedule for socializing and networking and having right. fun yes. yeah all righty i guess we should say goodbye and get to work we've yeah, got I all guess this so. planning to do for our amazing retreat yes i'm excited um what's your heart happy moment robin um my heart happy moment um geez oh oh my gosh i forgot to tell you this <laughs> um well you know we bought a little rv yes we bought a little rv to commute from pennsylvania to florida because we don't want to have to fly anymore right so um it was just a commuter vehicle it wasn't expensive it was you know and i was going to work on, and that was the other thing i need to be able to work on the rv well what i learned was it's really loud and it's really bumpy and after like the first time even with you guys i was like i can be on the zoom call in the rv and then I, after the first one i was like it's too loud like i'm yeah. in the rv i can't well that's not working so the other day have you ever had this experience where you say to your your friend or your partner or whatever hey let's go to the animal shelter and just look we're not gonna get an animal but let's just <laughs> go and look and then you come home with an animal did well, you adopt a new rv we went to just look at bigger rvs Oh my god. And so I just wanted to know like what if we trade this one in and blah 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 and the numbers were like astronomical and we weren't prepared to do that in this economic climate. I don't even know what my fall numbers are gonna be. Right. But we put on our big grown up panties and I and my husband and I said we can't do that. So we, we told them no. Well then an hour later the saleswoman reaches out to me and says, Deal of a century, you can trade in your class C 2018 model for a class a 2013 model with half the mileage so it's like they camped a lot but they didn't travel they probably camped locally so right. the sofas are a little worn but the my the engine is like unused practically and it would be basically the same money like we'll do a trade-in your your top your loan amount is going to be the same and oh, wow. your payment is the same so we were like oh my god we have to do this so we did it i can't <gasps> we did it it's enormous my my son calls it the tour bus <laughs> <laughs> so you'll see it in florida but oh I, my god, I can't wait. work on it and then I was a little bummed about the, the upholstery had like a little bit of wear. So then I discovered RV renovations. There's a whole world of TikTok. Oh, God. Oh, my God. So my husband's like, can you please slow down the list? Because now you want me to renovate the damn RV. You know, we're renovating <laughs> the studio. We're renovating the house. We just bought this. We bought. He's like, slow it down. I was like, well, next year you'll renovate the RV and we just got to keep busy. Oh keep God, I keep love looking it. forward to the new project. So that's my new thing. That is so exciting. Well, you know what? You can talk to Corey about that because he has a little sprinter van that he's converting into a camper. Really? Yes. And he's doing all the work himself. So he's put on solar panels. He's doing all the electrical work. He's doing all him. the um, plumbing work himself. Yeah. So I'm sure. And I do, I do have questions. Like, do you just treat it like a house reno or are there yeah. certain things i need to know like you can't stick a backsplash on that surface it's not going to stick right yeah i don't know i don't know i might know i'm gonna ask corey <laughs> 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 all right what's your heart heavy moment 
Um, let's see. This past weekend, I went up to Northern Virginia um, to visit with my friend, my good friend, Regina, who I hadn't seen in um, quite a long time. And so it was just nice to hang out together with like no real agenda. I got there and on Friday night and we hung out and then went to bed and um, and then Saturday, we're just like, what do you want to do? I don't know. You want to get brunch? Okay. And then what do you what do you want to do? I don't know. Want to just hang out and scroll through our phones together? Okay. And it's just so nice, <laughs> which sounds so silly, but like it was yeah. just so nice to have a friend that you can just coexist with. And like yeah. she didn't feel pressured to entertain me and I didn't feel pressured to like tiptoe around her house. Like it just felt really like casual and natural. And Good. at one point, um, I was like, you know, I kind of feel like getting some work done. She was like, oh, great. I have some work I can do too. So we just sat at her dining room table and got some work done. And I like showed her some of my slides from some of my presentations for the retreat. And she showed me some of the stuff that she was working on for her job. And it was just like, I don't know. It was just so fun. Nice. Yeah. Those are good times when you just don't have that pressure of like having to entertain someone yeah i like what you said just the freedom to coexist exactly someone and on sunday we got brunch with another friend of ours who i haven't actually met in person it's like another online community friend and so i finally got to meet her in person and it was like and her son came too who's a toddler and you know it was just it was really really lovely good yeah yeah all right. Well, thank you, Robin. This was a fun little trip down memory lane. Yeah, I, I, you know, I came to this Zoom meeting uh, feeling a little bit on the struggle bus, and I, as usual, I feel better now. Good. Yay. Get some work done. Then go get my lashes done. Oh, excellent. Yes. Mm. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. We will be back next week with another episode of the DSO Connect podcast. In the meantime, please rate, review, and subscribe, and we will see you next week. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye. Are you a member of the DSO Connect community? Join us. We are a free group on Facebook for dance studio owners to connect, share ideas, inspire one another, and provide support. We help troubleshoot each other's problems and celebrate each other's successes. We have two Zoom calls every month, Coffee Chat Fridays and Wind Down Wednesdays, where we get to hang out together with fellow DSOs who really truly get it. And y'all, I can honestly say that this community is the reason why my studio has survived COVID. Without the amazing support and inspired ideas of the incredible members of this group, I'm not sure I would have made it. So if you're looking for support, connection, and judgment-free advice, join us today. Just search for DSO Connect Community on Facebook and answer the questions to join. We can't wait to meet you.